0: Hello everyone, welcome to Talking Logistics where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Sean Winter, who is VP of Mobility Solutions at Descartes Systems Group. And today I'm gonna to talk about the reality of last mile uh, challenges. Now, you know the end to end supply chain consists of many parts, but when you look at the rise of e-commerce, particularly last year due to the pandemic, It has definitely put the spotlight on one of those parts, namely last mile delivery. So what makes last mile delivery so challenging and and complex? How has the pandemic transformed this process? And what will ultimately separate the leaders from the laggards moving forward? Well, those are the key questions we're gonna discuss in today's episode. And it's great to have Sean on the program to share his insights and perspective on this topic. So Sean, welcome to the program.
1: Adrian, nice to be here. Thank you so much for having me on, it's great.
0: So, Sean, I mean, we've had many of your colleagues there at Descartes on on talking logistics over the years. You're you're a first-time guest, so like I always like to do whenever I bring someone new on the program, I'm always curious how and why they got involved with this crazy industry that we're in. So before we dive into Last Mile Delivery, why don't you share a little bit, you know, real brief, you know, a little bit about how you got involved with supply chain logistics and what your current role and responsibilities are there at Descartes?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, thanks again. I mean, we came in as part of an acquisition. Uh, ShipTrack was a product uh, that we had within a hardware business we own um, based out of the, uh, uh, the Canadian marketplace. And, you know, to be honest with you, we supplied a lot of those handheld scanners and uh, uh, mobile computing products to the TNL world. Um, a lot of our customers were transportation logistic, logistic companies, both, uh, you know, uh, full truckload and, uh, and couriers and so on. And uh, back in 2012, 2011, we started, you know, obviously promoting our services, but we found that there was a ton of gaps in the marketplace. And that kind of led us down the software path to kind of complement our hardware uh, business that we had and it proved to be very successful, obviously. And, uh, and you know, fast forward a few years, uh, uh, you know, we're now part of the Descartes Systems Group uh, as of 2020. And... Uh, you know, as far as the responsibilities go, not a lot has changed in the sense that our team is still intact, which I'm really, really proud of. Uh, we brought about 67 people over to Descartes and uh, the technology is all intact. In fact, we're doing nothing but growing In And that's, that's part of the reason why it's attractive to go over to Descartes is uh, the worldwide presence and, uh, and the growth opportunities in front of us.
0: Great. Well, you know, certainly I've I've had the, uh, the opportunity to work with Descartes for, for many, many years, and it's a company that's you know, has grown not only organically, but through acquisitions, uh, you, you know, over the years, bringing in, you know, uh, interesting uh, technology solutions, you know, such as the one that, that you brought to the table. Um, so so let, let's, let's get into now last mile. I mean, like I mentioned in my opening comments, you know, every aspect of logistics has its own, you know, unique challenges. I mean, what makes last
1: mile delivery so complex and challenging? Yeah, it's a a big question. I mean, uh, you know, last mile has always been uh, a challenge because it's it's probably one of the most complicated and expensive parts of the supply chain, right? Um, It's, uh, you know, for example, when I talk about expensive, you talk about some of our customers who are now running, you know, 1.2 to 1.5 pieces per stop. Uh, Whereas you might look at a truckload, for instance, who are delivering, you know, pallets of products in one or two stops. Uh, so, you know, the economics of scales, uh, scale of econ- economies is, is a little, lot different. Um, I think the other problem or the challenge that the last mile have to make it really complicated is that they get incredibly high volumes. And even without, you know, 2020 and, and 2021 ahead of us, but uh, and normally they're, they're stuck with a lot of high volumes with very, very little time to plan for each day. And, um, you know, if you look at the way we're receiving data from uh, from their customers, uh, you know the timeline. They've got you know three or four hours really to get ready and trucks on the road by 7 a.m. and out the door in order to meet those SLAs. Um, I, th- I think the other challenge they have, you know, obviously is around making uh, all their routes efficient. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about route optimization. We've got some fantastic tools at Descartes to do that, but it's a really key part of it. I mean, you can't try and keep those costs down, but more 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 effectively to to work the workforce in such a way that. Um, you know, they can basically get every minute out of every person's day uh, delivering parcels. Um, and of course, dealing with all the on-road exceptions that we all experience now that things are a lot more consumer focused, you know, uh, uh, things have changed. Obviously, last year, we stopped taking signatures, uh, you know, for, for home deliveries, but, you know, still running into situations of closed businesses or damaged goods or shorts and things like that. And You know, especially now, uh, you know, not sure where you are, but we're just going under the lockdown right now because of the pandemic. So we're seeing a lot of businesses, who have product in transit that won't be there to receive. So, you know, how does a driver deal with all of that? So it gets kind of complicated. Uh, and again, it's not to diminish what the rest of the supply chain does, obviously is complexities throughout, as you mentioned, but, you know, I think there's some special aspects of last mile.
0: Yeah. No, I think you, you, you kind of highlighted many of those. Uh, I mean, the volumes obviously, you know, have been growing and, and 2020 was kind of this unexpected surge <laughs> that, that occurred. Then you've got, you know, the, uh, you know, customer expectations continue to get more. You, you know, we've been kind of conditioned over the past, you know, five, six, seven, eight years to expect, you know, free delivery, to expect one day, two day deliveries, yep. and, and the like. So, kind of balancing, you know, these increased volumes, customer expectations, and then all of the, you know, within a short time frame in terms of be able to effectively plan. And, and execute on this. And then you have to deal with all the exceptions. I mean, I think you're right. I mean, it does create for this, uh, you know, very um, you know, you gotta be on your toes to, to, to succeed in this, uh, in, in this environment. And, and of course, talking about this environment, you, know, you can't get around talking about the COVID-19 pandemic and, and the impact that it's had, you know, across all aspects of supply chain management. So how has it affected? I know you, you kind of touched upon it a little bit here, but how has it affected or even transformed last mile delivery?
1: Well, you know, it certainly tested all aspects of supply chain and the companies that uh, that we work with and how they do business, right? And um, and even how their customers do business, right? So it it kind of all rolls downhill. Um, you know, don't need to go into all the details because we're all living it every day. But you know, to your point, you know, thanks to Amazon and other companies like them, they've certainly changed the the world and, and set the bar pretty high, I think, to to achieve and. You know, I, I, not all companies that are in that last mile or even in supply chain in general, I don't think we're ready for, even though we've had years to ramp up. And this year was really telling. I mean, as you mentioned earlier, 2020 was insane. Um, just to give you some some color on it, at least with some of our customers that we've heard uh, anecdotally, uh, you know, since uh, probably about April, you know, March, everything started to lock up uh, given around April or so we started seeing uh, typical peak volumes. Uh, so, you know, Christmas time volumes, stuff that we'd see from October through January as an example with you know Black Friday and Thanksgiving and Cyber Monday and all this other good stuff. Um, and that we're seeing this in the spring and the reality is it carried through the summertime and uh, one of our customers coined the concept of super peak, which is really interesting, right? And it's and, and just because they had no other way to, to label it, uh, their October through January this year were, we're, we're miles above expectations from a volume perspective. So although it's great from a business perspective, it created a lot of challenges, right? Uh, you know, just human resources, uh, vehicles, you know, to keep up with demand, obviously you have to have vehicles. If your fi- fleet is fixed with X number of vehicles, and you want to take on that extra volume to deal with your customers' problems, uh, you got to rent cars. Well, where are you going to get them? <laughs> you know, I think the car, the current truck rental business these days is probably doing really, really well. Um, but you know, hiring and training is probably one of the biggest, biggest issues. They've always had challenges bringing on partners and, and new hires for peak, but to have it done so early and so long um, has really been very interesting for a lot of them. It's kind of interesting to see how they're how they're managing through it. And I'd say, for the most part, our customers have managed really well through it. They've uh, they've been able to flex th- flex their way through the problems and and come out successful.
0: You know, it's interesting. I mean, you you brought up kind of the human element uh, yeah. of this, right? I mean, you, you kind of read the the news articles that you know such and such carrier is hiring 100,000, whatever the numbers. You know, some some very large number of folks, yeah. but. You, you know, you, 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 we can talk about the volumes, we can talk about the number of deliveries, but ultimately, you know, there's people involved. And and to your point, I mean, I you know, bringing on all those folks, training them, um, getting them, you know, into the system, if you will, and part of the process is one of those areas that it's behind the scenes for most folks, but is a, is a critical factor, you know, for success here. I think the other thing that we saw this past year was, you know, you actually saw, you know, the a lot of these carriers telling their customers saying, hey, you know, what we're going to limit, you know, the number yep. of, of pickups that we're going to do in order to kind of level our, our capabilities, right? Because we just can't take everything all at once. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know that created a lot of challenges for shippers as they're trying to figure out, okay, well, you know, I I, I they're going to meet my commitments, but they're not going to go beyond what my what their commitments were, at least not that much beyond. So how do I you know, navigate through this. I mean, do, do you think we're going to have another, you know, super peak, as you called it, season, yeah. you know, again this year? And and what actions can the industry take to better manage, you know, this growth in, in shipping volume and, and capacity demand?
1: Well, you know, all I can do is speculate, like all of us. Uh, my crystal ball isn't always uh, <laughs> right on the money. But I think from my perspective, uh, I would think yes, I think we're going to have another super peak. Um, what I'm not clear on is just how long it's going to last or if the volumes are going to be the same. I suspect it will be in 2021 and probably tailing off in 2022, um, you know, given the advent of, you know, vaccines and things like that, where people can kind of get to get back to somewhat normal. But I think what's good for the industry though, is that uh, as consumers, all of us, you, me, everyone watching, we've all been reconditioned and to your point earlier, right? Uh, you know, the bar has been set and and we've seen the opportunity now in front of us to Get what we need without leaving home, or just the convenience of it, and so on. That's good for the industry, as far as I'm concerned. It's it's, it's good for everyone involved. Um, so I think there will be some decline, just because people are going to want to get out of the house and get back to brick and mortar, uh, me included. But uh, but at the same time, I mean, this this new new reality of ours is, is taking hold. Um, how they're going to deal with it, I, I think, and what we're seeing in, in, in with our customers right now, and what we encourage is co You know that old that old saying. So you know it's really. Uh, Couriers working with maybe their competitors, smaller companies that do have capacity and may not have those larger contracts with the Amazons of the world or others, and uh, and really become partners. Right, um, there's a lot of opportunity on both sides, and we've got some very large couriers that have a, a whole fleet of agents. Um, one of them has got, I think, north of 35 different companies they work with just in Canada alone to deliver excess load that they just can't get to with their thousands and thousands of other vehicles and full-time employees. So I I think that's a really big deal as far as flexing. And obviously you're going to need tools and technology to help support that because that in itself gets complicated. And, uh, you know, I think ShipTrack uh, from Descartes ties all that together really well. Uh, and we spent a lot of time and effort doing that for our customers because it was a problem. You know, gone are the days of clipboards and paper and 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 to your point also, you know, again about the SLAs and the conditioning that were set as consumers, you know, we all want to know what's going on right now. Like when I press that button, I want to see a, 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 a you know some sort of notification saying, hey, we got your order. Oh, by the way, your order's on our truck or by the way, your truck is in your neighborhood or what have you. Um, it's really difficult to do that if you are kind of that parent courier, you know, one of the big three, for example, or, or what have you, to get that information from your third party agents, you know, your, your typical competitors, right? You're typically not in the same network, same systems or sharing paper and that sort of thing. And, and you need it now for customer care. So that's been one of the big obstacles and, and we've solved that uh, for our customers, which is really great. So I think, you know, as, as, as these last mile providers are trying to meet the demand of the shippers, I think this is the only way they're going to survive well and, and meet those SLAs as well,
0: right? Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I mean, this this whole concept of of coopetition, I mean, I think obviously it's an, like like everything else, every challenge creates opportunities. I think this is also perhaps an opportunity for a lot of startups to perhaps come to market, you know, from a regional standpoint to, you know, stand up, you know, delivery operations and create these partnerships and these relationships with you know, some of the bigger guys to, you know, take on some of those responsibilities. But you're right. I mean, you know, there's the actual physical movement of the goods and the passing along of the order of or passing along the manifest or whatever the case might be. But then there's also the, 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 the flow and the integration of data and information, you know, across these parties um, that, that needs to be, you know, considered and addressed, right? And, and certainly that's where technology, uh, you know, comes in, which basically leads me to my next question. I mean, a lot of everything we just talked about, I mean, how can technology help, the industry respond effectively to, you know, these new market conditions.
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Well, the, to your last point, the flow of data I think is, um, you know, I won't say more important, but just as important as delivering the goods. Right. Uh, and simply because of, again, reconditioning, but more than that, I mean, people like to get paid. Uh, right. <laughs> when they, when they, when Even though it's free, stuff. it's free, it's free delivery, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Free fuel, free insurance, free everything. Right. So, you know, this is a, you know, technology is really necessary, especially in these, these kinds of volumes and the you know, the demands and, some of these uh, some of these routes are you know hundreds of hundreds of stops and you know to have somebody in a clipboard doing that I, I don't see how it's pa- practical anymore and you know the time it takes to reconcile and all that sort of stuff so the data is super important but the data is all really really important to our customers customers you know whether it's a retailer or you know what, any other type of shipper they need to know that their stuff is all reconciled properly so they might release billing or or you know, customer care follow ups or what have you so all of that's super super important. Um, you know, we uh, you know, basically we take pride in enabling our customers to kind of meet this demand and, and uh, being able to manage the business. Uh, and, and, you know, we try and give them as much information as we can so they can make informed decisions about, you know, what to do next in the business or, you know, what I need to hire this week and that's it and so on. And there's a lot more work being done to try and you know, you put a little bit of artificial intelligence in there so we can kind of get that crystal ball working <laughs> the way it really should. You know, um, you know, it's my dream to have predictive reports that are going to tell a, a manager or an owner of a company exactly how many people it's going to need tomorrow based on you know weather and traffic and all these other assumptions that we're going to have. And, and so we're working. Our teams working really hard on that today. Um, I think the other thing too is you know whatever technology. Uh, you know, couriers implement. I think it's, it's, it's got to be done right. Um, you know, I think there needs to be proper time invested to look at it uh, and, and, and understand how the technology can automate where possible, you know, and humanize where necessary, is, you know, one saying. And, 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 you know, to that end, we can't forget that humans also have to have a fantastic experience with this technology, right? The technology might be awesome, but if your users don't want to use it because it's too bulky or too many things, too many clicks, too many whatever, they're just not going to use it. And that has a whole trickle effect downstream um, we've seen some great uh, great advances uh, with some of our clients we had one in the east coast that onboarded just uh, you know middle of last year you know and, and we look at things like scan compliance in other words are people doing their job are they scanning a box many times they need to you know through all the different uh processes and steps and, and delivery and they were averaging you know low 80s low 80 percentile give or take so that means almost 20 percent of the workers weren't doing what they, want, what they expected them to do so that billing is correct and customer care is satisfied, all this other stuff. And, you know, we saw within three weeks that number went right up to 97%. And, and, it's, and it's just, it's simple psychology. You know, if it's, it's interesting to use and it's not onerous for me to use, I'll use it. And on top of that, we've also put some other things in to entice them to use it because, you know once they receive an order, they can't move on to the next one without completing that workflow. So, you know, there's, there's little things it's a give and take on both sides. And, you know, and then I guess the third, the third side of the wheel is really the, the, um, the consumers, the consignees and the shippers, right? Uh, they need that data as well. So having the technology fully integrated to be able to work with not only my drivers, but my partners, my competition partners, my customers, i.e. the shippers and their consignees, their customers, um, I think it's super, super critical to have all of that bound in one, uh, one view or one, one pane of glass, as it were. And, uh, and, and that's what we do. And we're very, very proud of it. And I think it's making a huge impact on, on some of our customers. And I'm thrilled to death watching customers that are, you know, start with us, uh, you know, uh, as small companies, you know, a couple of dozen trucks, what have you, and then work their way up to 50, 60,000 pieces a day moving through their through their fleet. Um, for me, that's fantastic. And that's a true story. of One of our clients, uh, you know, last uh, six years, and we've seen them grow and they've got huge marquee clients. And you know, I don't want to take credit, obviously, because they're the ones doing the work, but I think we do have something to do with it because they're using, you know, our technology as part of their uh, responses to RFPs and so on. So the technology is really helping them win business and uh, and then running the business.
0: You know, a lot of, a lot of great points there. I mean, the last, you know, example there, I mean, I, I think it kind of underscores a great point that, you know, in order for particularly some of these smaller players to Grow and scale their business profitably. Yeah. I mean, you're going to need technology to do that. I mean, there's only there's only so much you can do with paper-based processes, Excel spreadsheets, and 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 so forth. Um, you know, it's just very difficult to, to scale. You know, that way. I think the other thing, as you were talking about all these different examples, I mean, I, I think it's very easy sometimes to think about. Well, it's, it's a route optimization and planning, right? Which obviously is a key, you know, it's a core component to it. But when you think about the whole end-to-end process, you have last mile delivery, that's just one component of it, right? Yep. When you think about the whole workflow, then, you know, that's really almost like the beginning aspect of it, because then you've got everything that happens once those trucks leave, you've got all the workflow that the driver's responsible for. So you're talking about mobile technology. Now you're talking about mo- mobile apps. You're talking about scanning. You're talking about telematics and GPS and, and, and then you're talking about communication collaboration tools in terms of notifications, ETAs, and so on and so forth. So there's so much that goes into this, this key piece that I think, you know, I think the initial thought is, hey, route planning optimization, which again, is highly critical in this whole aspect of it.
1: But it's really in many ways, just the tip of the iceberg, right? Agreed. It's all got to work together, right? And 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 I got to be honest with you. The part of the 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 real attractiveness of Descartes before we joined the business was looking at their portfolio of tools that that do things that we don't do, and and we do things they don't do. And and now we've integrated the technologies together to work harmoniously together. Because to your point, all of those are really important pieces. And you're going to have different communities within that career that are going to require different types of bit, different types of information. And uh, you know, the fleet guys are going to want to know where the vehicles have been, and you know how the health of the vehicles are so they can proactively work on them. You've got the finance guys who are counting every penny, you know, both in and out, all over the the map, which includes vehicles, which includes routing, which includes labor, third-party partners, all of this stuff. And you know what? If that data is um, uh, disjointed or coming in from different streams and it's up to the individuals to kind of sort through it all and glue it together themselves, it works. And that's the way we've done things for many, many years. But to have it under... Kind of all jammed together and working together and harmoniously and sharing data amongst those systems, I think that's key. I mean, that, that's those are now um, substantial uh, pieces of information that you can now make business decisions on, right? And if you have to go hunt for it, you'll get there. It'll just take you a whole lot longer. So,
0: right, right, yeah. So I think I think one of the key takeaways is really looking at it, you know, very holistically and from an end-to-end process, you know, uh, standpoint. Um, so, uh, you know, Sean, as a way to wrap up then, I mean, when when it comes to last mile, you know, delivery, I mean, what capabilities do you see will ultimately separate the leaders from the laggards moving forward?
1: Well, when we're talking in the context of uh, couriers and t and T&L companies, I think their ability to flex to meet the demand with really not a lot of time to plan right you know we talked about talked about that at the beginning with couriers and you know they have four to five hours really to get their act together overnight before trucks roll so you know i think for them to take advantage of this i'll call it uh you know the the bull market we're in today if you will um you know it's not going to last forever i hope um you know from a health perspective but you know it will be there and and i think when things kind of come back to normal there's going to be a time for companies that now need to go hunt for business and, and you know, be able to take on new jobs and new, new customers uh, you know, really efficiently. But if they can't flex very well, I mean, that, that's a challenge. So you know, looking at the partners, the competition type thing we talked about. With companies that actually have capacity to deliver, you know, those goods, I think is super important. And whether it's seasonal or not, you know, that's, 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 uh, that's part of the game. Um, I think also, you know, gathering the data and sharing shipments electronically and, you know, again, bringing these partners into the fold so that it's completely transparent to, you know, shippers and consignees that, you know, there may be two or three different companies involved in moving your, your product. Um, even though you only have one label on the box, right? Uh, It should be completely transparent to them. Nobody needs to know that. And and frankly, it has to be transparent to the business as well, the people with the label on that box, that brand, because, you know, again, they don't want to be dealing with all these different moving parts. So if we can kind of keep it all together, I think it makes a big difference. And, you know, the the other thing I'd say here as well is just getting information in real time for the consignees. Uh, Again, we're conditioned this way. We're in, um, you know, an instant community now, an instant world, we, we wanna see stuff happening. And, and you know, so, so getting the right tools in place to do that. I think the other things too, um, you know, uh, companies that are able to offer both dedicated and conjunctive fleets to satisfy their clients and the different clients that come to, come to bear. You know, um, you know, I know that some of them like an Amazon, for instance, in certain cases will ask for a dedicated fleet and others will ask for conjunctive or don't really care, if you will. So you can put multiple vendors products on the same truck. You know that flexibility, I think, is super important as well. And and again, part of that is also managing all those 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 pieces, those loads on those vehicles. And you know, at the end of the day, like I've said a few times already, I think great technology just to pull all this together that you know employees love to use and has the flexibility to configure to suit the changing business needs. I mean, no time like this year. uh, You know, it's critical. And so, if I can offer any advice, I, I mean, you know. Look at your prospective vendors and, and, and challenge them on, on, you know, use cases and so on. Um, I'd say open up the kimono, if you will, and, and, and let vendors like ourselves in to actually look at your business, how you do it versus, you know, maybe come to assumptions of how you think it should be done. You might be surprised, um, you know, and, and I'm not just talking on our behalf, but any company in our position should have lots of experience, lots of other customers' experience to pull on that you know we might be able to share with you provide some insights that you might not necessarily realize and uh, and that's just from being in the business for so long and, and dealing with so many customers in so many different scenarios. So we're pretty excited by by where we're at and uh, we love to help our customers grow. So uh, we're excited.
0: Well, a lot of great points there again and, and the last part I think is something that I've I've seen you know certainly become more common over the past few years is where you know companies are looking at their technology. Uh, partners as that as partners, yeah. and really looking at them not only from a technology standpoint, but looking at them as a source of of uh, human IP, as a source mm-hmm. of you know knowledge and insights and advice that can you know provide that additional value in terms of of uh, you know what are some of the leading practices out there, or how can I be doing things differently, right? You know, tell me what I don't know already, yeah, uh, so that you. I can yeah, so I can improve my business. So uh, again, Sean. Um, You know, like I always say at the end of our episodes, we always just manage to scratch the surface on these topics, but you provided some great insights and and perspective on on last mile delivery. So again, thank you very much for making the time to be with us today.
1: Thank you so much, Adrian. Appreciate it.
0: Great. I want to thank those of you that joined us. If you're watching this episode on demand, uh, either at the Descartes website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for uh, Sean, you can post it there. I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.